0: going on? Welcome to the program. Thanks for letting me be a part of your day. I appreciate it. News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Pete Calliner here. 704 570 1110 is the phone number. And 1 800 WBT 1110 is also the phone number that you can call to get onto the program. um It is raining around the area, yes. And so we all know what that means. Remember, gray cars and the gray car code. Do not turn your headlights on gray cars. We do not need to see you. It is I know like when the sun is out it's easier to see you. We can't really do anything about the sun yet. But when the when the sun is hidden by the rain clouds and it's much more difficult to see you, make sure you do not turn those lights on because we don't need to see your gray cars moving around uh, all camouflage like. I mean it just we like to live dangerously. Gray car code and all, you know. Alrighty. Um oh, also, uh if my commute in today's any indication um when it rains, I guess I've been removed from Charlotte traffic for a little while. I guess that's when we start to drive more like morons? Is that the idea? I I was I did not get the memo from the chamber when I moved back to town. Uh it wasn't in my Valpak coupon envelope either. So, uh oh, well, well, to be fair, I didn't even read the Valpac coupons. I just threw them away. So maybe it was in there telling me, hey, remember when it rains, you drive like more like an idiot, you know, uh, and I just didn't see it. So my apologies for that. But good job, everybody else. You guys are totally, uh, yeah, you're totally uh, picking up the ball for me there. All righty, so what happened last night at the county commission meeting? I watched it, so you didn't have to. You're welcome. I'm a giver. It's what I do. Um, and I got to say, last night, Pretty good. I mean, aside from the fact that Vilmalik pulls, like, every single consent item off of the agenda, uh, so we all have to sit there and listen to her opine about every single item on the consent agenda, which, if you're not aware, like, the meetings, they can get pretty long, and so what uh, elected bodies do is they'll create on their agenda... Uh, an area called the consent agenda. And the idea here is that they just put to, they put stuff on the consent agenda that they just vote on all at once. So there'll be like 20 or 30 items on there. They're not controversial. If you got a question about it or something, you can just kind of, you know, give a call over to the staff uh, or the county manager and be like, hey, what's going on with this item? And then they give you an answer offline and you're fine. It's, it's not controversial. They're cheap things. It's not like they're not a big deal. That's why they all get voted on together. Now, you do have the option as an elected official of taking stuff off the consent agenda if you want to highlight something or whatever. And Vilma Leek uses every single county commission meeting as a political event. These are her stumping events, which is weird because I think I'm like the only person watching. But whatever, she does these uh, consent agenda items. She pulls them off to... Let everybody know that she cares about this particular item. And she, the consent agenda last night was only, I want to say like 10 items. She pulled like half of them and then just blabbered on about whatever. I, sorry. I know it's like, Pete, really? Are you complaining about these politicians wasting your time? You're the one that's sitting there watching the county commission meeting. Well, I had to. They had to do. They did two things I wanted to see. They did their redistricting plan, and so they agreed uh, to do map A. They chose map A, which Vilma Leek still didn't seem very clear on which she if she knew what she was supposed to be supporting, which map she was support, supposed to be supporting. But whatever, map A passed. I did not see Ella Scarborough there. I did not uh, hear her either. So I'm guessing she, her, that her. Her uh, Zoom calling in did not count as a yes vote on all of this stuff. It was just hard. It was hard to tell, though, Uh, which is really good government, really. Like, that is really good governance, don't you think? That's what you want. You want your elected officials to Zoom in and then not say anything for the duration of the meeting and just have every single vote counted as a yes. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's why you know which way they're going to vote every time. You know, no principles, not even paying any attention to whatever item is being debated. Right? Just yes, 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 yes. Just, and you don't even have to say yes. You can literally zoom in and be like, hey, everybody, I'm here. And then hit mute, turn the camera off, and, uh, you know, uh, go watch The Bachelor. So, I don't even know. Is that on right now? I think the season's over. Yellowstone's coming back, though. Yeah, yeah, Yellowstone's coming back. It's on the weekend. I think Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's going to be great. I may have had too much coffee. I think I may have had too much coffee. I mean, I'm not going to stop drinking it, just a heads up, but I may have had too much coffee, and it might have had something to do with the county commission meeting last night that I watched. All right, so I had to watch it for the redistricting uh, map vote, which they voted for Map A, which changes the fewest amount of precincts. It moves one precinct from uh, the uh, District 2 over to District 5, both of which are represented by Democrats. Uh, but Vilma Leek was arguing against that because she was uh saying that black democrats should not be represented by a white democrat. So uh there's that. By the way, anybody in the the uh the scoldy tut-tutting media ever going to I don't know scold or tut-tut Vilma Leek for her uh for her highly racialized attacks? Oh yeah, wait till you hear the one she launched last night essentially accusing not really sure who, but a bunch of people of trying to kill black people with COVID. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was the highlight of the evening for me personally, listening to Vilma Lee, trying to figure out who's trying to murder all the black people with COVID. Um, so we'll get to that audio. Then we've got um, the So that was the redistricting portion of it. And then there was the, the COVID update and the latest change on the mask mandate for Mecklenburg County. And oh my goodness, you just don't realize how lucky you are to have all of these county commissioners caring so much about you. They care so much more about you than you care about you. That's the obvious takeaway from last night. I've got lots of audio to get to. Lots and lots and lots of audio. Oh yeah, we also have the stuff on the... uh, Vaccine mandates and the OSHA fining that's gonna be occurring. Yeah, it's in the Pelosi budget. The fines. It's a nine hundred percent increase in the OSHA fines. So what was supposed to be a seventy thousand dollar fine for businesses uh not complying with the uh with the the vaccine mandates. Would now go to seven hundred thousand dollars, and they want to strike the five thousand dollar language, take it to fifty thousand uh, dollars as well. This is according to Phil Kirpin um, and uh, his reading here. Do, 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 yeah, of the OSHA, uh, the OSHA OSHA Act of nineteen seventy, section seventeen, and so they're amending the penalties. 900% increase. That's some good work there, Democrats. Really good work. Uh, also, they're going to be looking to extend the vaccine mandate to every single company in America. Um, wait, I'm sorry. Well, I couldn't hear you over all of the people that have been screaming about tyranny and authoritarianism for the last five years. Yeah, I know. They're just so loud nowadays. It's kind of crazy. No, they're, they're totally fine with this. They're going to extend this the mandates now to every company, uh, whereas it was originally going to be just companies with over a hundred employees. Now it's going to be companies with fewer than a hundred employees. And do I think that? The, I mean, first off, this is already going. to, It's already being litigated, right? They're going to. It's going to get litigated. They're already lined up to do so. So, do I think that this was actually designed to take effect? No. Just like so much with the. Democrats, I got to believe this is performative. It's all about style over substance. It's about the theater of the thing. And they I think they know it's not going to go anywhere, but it just runs the clock out for them. That's the point. They get to beat up on Republicans who are trying to kill you by opposing our mandates. Right? That's the political juice that they're going to get from this squeeze. But also then they can blame the courts and then they get to come back and say, oh, it's the courts." You know, we got to get more of us elected so we can install justices that will, you know, go along with our tyrannical desires for your own health and safety. Obviously, that's what this is all about, everybody. That's what this is all about. It's always about your health and your safety. So Mecklenburg County last night, um, they tweaked their mask mandate. And uh, the way it's framed by the Charlotte Observer is that it could end sooner than expected after the county's Board of Commissioners uh, voted to lower the standard that has kept the COVID-19 rule in place since the end of August. So this is based on the percent of positive cases or what is referred to as percent positive. All right, so you get 100 people that get tested, you get five percent of those people so five out of the hundred test positive and that's a five percent positive metric okay you got seven that would be seven percent right ten people out of a hundred would be ten percent so they set this metric at five percent so they say you got or they used to say you got to have 30 straight days of five percent positive or below Well, there are all sorts of problems with this metric, and I've gone over some of this, but real quick, the biggest ones are the number of tests that are given. If you're going to ramp up or ramp down the number of testing, uh, the number of tests uh, given, then you're probably going to see an impact on that data. Also, the people who are getting the tests, generally speaking, probably think they're sick. That's why they're getting the tests. So it's not exactly an uncorrupted pool, uh, an unbiased pool of data that you're skimming out of, right? The other thing is, what kind of tests are we actually running here? Are these PCR tests? Are these the blood antibody tests? What are we, what are we talking about? Because the PCR test, as we've gone over for the better part of now two years, the PCR tests, when you're running them at what's called a cycle threshold count of 38, which is what North Carolina labs are running them at, you get essentially these wisps, uh, these, the, this, these remnant pieces of the genetic material that do not actually tell you really much of anything, let alone that somebody is infected with COVID-19. It doesn't tell you that. And I'm going by Dr. Anthony Fauci's own words. He himself says anything above 35 is basically useless in this matter. So I'm relying on the science and data when I look at the uh, the PCR test thresholds, right these these cycle thresholds and if we're running them at 38, that's too much. It's too high because every single cycle you run is a doubling so like think of it like a magnification kind of a process. this is how I understand it to be, which is, You know, you're looking at something under a 1X. That's the first cycle. 1X magnification, right? The second cycle is now 2X. The third cycle is going to be 4X. The fourth cycle is going to be 8X because it keeps doubling. Now, you can imagine what happens by the time you get up into the 20s and 30s. Every single thing, every single cycle is now a double of the uh, magnification, which means what? You're getting so far down into the material is that actually a a, a sick person that you're looking at anymore no Fauci says no but we're still using it right why would we be using this data the five percent positive and this is the and this is the metric that we have in order to keep the mask mandate in place which by the way is applied to everybody Everywhere, every business, all over the place. Now, never fear. The chairman of the Board of County Commissioners, George Dunlap, wants us all to read the mandate. He wants us to read the order. Well, he's in luck. I've read it. Twice now. Well, I mean, he told me to read it last night. Again, so I read it again. Yeah, it applies to everybody, but he essentially gives this sort of a wink and a nod that if you're trying to find a way to wiggle out of it, you you certainly can't. I'm not reading what he's reading, apparently, but... Maybe I just don't have the criminal mind. Yeah. One thing is strikingly clear after watching that discussion, though, about the mask mandates last night, that the Mecklenburg Board of County Commissioners is completely unqualified to sit as our Board of Health. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 570 1110 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at the Pete Callender Show. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender, which is what Ray did. Where he says, Pete, if the science and data has started to show that the vaccinated, quote-unquote vaccinated, can catch and spread the virus at nearly the same rate, how could a mandate be logical? Well, uh, the simple answer to that, Ray, is uh, shut up. Just stop asking these types of questions. In August, the <laughs> no, of course not. Look, when the vaccines, I've said this before, when the vaccines were first developed, I was all about herd immunity. That's the way we get through it. You get enough people that uh, either catch COVID and survive or get vaccinated against it. And that's the way forward. And, then they got the vaccines, and it's like fantastic. I went and got me the vaccine, and then I found out, oh, the vaccine doesn't actually stop the spread of the Delta variant. But on the plus side, it does uh, minimize the symptoms. So if you get COVID after you've been vaccinated, quote unquote vaccinated, um, then you'll be, you know, you'll be better off. You're more likely to survive it. You're gonna have a, an easier time fighting it. And so again if I had to make the choice again I would do the same thing I would still get it. Now, uh if you're going to tell me I got to keep getting boosters, I think I'm out. I think I'm out because I'm not I'm not cool with the idea of injecting this stuff into my body like twice a year in order to stave off this uh this d- this disease. Like seriously, I, I I'm not Yeah, I'm not on board with that. I am open to be persuaded and hopefully Somebody comes up with an argument and, you know, there's some better science that comes out about it. But like right now, I'm not going to be one of the early adopters on that one. I said I was an early adopter on the vaccines. i will go ahead and do that. And everybody was like, why would you do that? I'm not doing that. I'm like, that's fine. You be the control group. Like, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to try to force you to get the, the shot. I did. And so we'll see what happens. Right. And I'm fine. Aside from the, you know, third eyeball in the back of my head, everything's going well. So um yeah Well, just different approaches different risk assessments and all of that but when you get there are some people look this is one of the things i learned in life a long time ago that when uh people get to blow a whistle sometimes depending on their personality but it's more often the case than not that when they get that whistle man do they love to blow it they really do they love to blow the whistle they love being in charge they love to have Influence and control over other people. And by the way, you can really identify a lot of these people in politics and media because that's kind of the jam. That's kind of the benefit of the job. That's why people do that. I mean, have you ever met a politician who got into it so they couldn't help people, right? They all say they get into it to help people. They all say that they are into, they they, they, they want to serve the public. Right? They want to set society on a course. So you're automatically predisposed to a certain sort of way of thinking. And that kind of profession would attract people who are addicted to or drawn to power. Of course. And so I know this is hard to hear for a lot of these county commissioners, but yes, you should be viewed with suspicion. You should be. Because you've asked for the job. (laughs) That's just the way it goes. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it goes. Um, So in August, here's the Charlotte Observer story by Will Wright. In August, the county put the mask requirement in place as the Delta variant caused a spike in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations. And then the county said it would lift the mandate if the average rate of positive COVID-19 cases locally reached 5% and then stayed there for a full month. Now, the problem with this metric, I will tell you, is that you could go 29 days straight at 0%, right? You could have not a single case of COVID-19 for 29 straight days, and then, boom, one pocket erupts, and you go 5.1% or 5% positivity, and now we're, uh, we're back, uh, uh, we've got to reset the clock, got to count another 30 days. It's kind of a stupid metric. That's the point. It's kind of a stupid metric. So they changed it. So now, it doesn't necessarily mean the mask mandate's going to end sooner rather than later, um, but now it'll, uh, it will it, it's only got to hit 5% for a week. Okay. The mandate requires people to wear masks in most indoor public settings, including at religious institutions. Do, 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 do. And then this was helpful, I thought, uh, that Mr. Wright, the journalist... Uh, points out that along the positivity, uh, along with the positivity rate, the number of COVID-19 cases has also been on a steady decline. The seven-day average of new daily cases dropped to less than 170 this week. Uh, that is down by about half, a little bit more than half. Um, 61% of Mecklenburg County residents have had at least one shot. 57% are fully vaccinated. Okay, so let's get to the audio. Here is... The county commissioner Mark Jarrell out of District Four. There appears to be, you have a slide on there that shows our current vaccination rate for the community. Seems to be a correlation between that and the positivity rate that we're that we're seeing as it's decreasing. Okay. Is it have you guys done an analysis? Is it a pretty strong correlation or is it um, we haven't done a specific analysis, but we do think that that obviously is having an impact. Um, but we also believe that the the and, and I recognize that not everyone's wearing masks in public right now. But I think the mask wearing is making a difference as well. Um, All right. Let me just stop for a second. Here. He asks, this is Mark Jarrell asking the health director, Gibby Harris. Have you done any kind of analysis that shows a correlation between the increase in vaccination rates and masks these you know these protocols these measures that local government has mandated has put into place are you noticing any correlation between these things and the cases dropping now and her response is we haven't done a specific analysis, but we think it's having an impact. And she said, I think the mask wearing is making a difference as well. Folks, that's not science. Okay, just to be clear, that's not science. So when you hear them say, we're relying on the experts, and we're relying on the the science and data, when they're when they're citing that mantra, as justification for the religiosity and the fervor by which they live. Like, just be aware, that's not science. They haven't done a study that shows a correlation. There's no causation either. Now, look, if I had to guess, I might very well guess the same as Gibby Harris did. Sure. But I don't know that. See, that's what science is. Science would say, do you have a guess at something? Well, let's test that. If you're not going to test it, then you don't get to say it's science. It's a target-rich environment. So many different topics to get to. Like this one. We got new maps in North Carolina. Yeah, you're going to have to learn all new street names, city names. The maps now are at the east side, and the ocean's now on the left side of the state. It's just craziness. Cats and dogs living together. But um, no, these are the, the legislative maps. The House and the Senate. In Raleigh, voting on the uh, the redistricting maps, and they're getting sued. There you go, getting sued already. It's a total gerrymander. Um, so there's that going on, and yeah, man, I've got I got that's in the stack of stuff. I'm probably not going to get to it today because I'm kind of running my mouth about different things. But there's that also. This just in, the only Russian. Now actually arrested in connection with disinformation in the 2016 presidential election is the guy who fed the stories to the Democratic National Committee, the Clinton campaign, and their media allies via the Steele dossier and then allegedly lied about it to the FBI. Igor, what's this guy's name? Igor Deschenko? I think it's uh, Danchenko. Igor Denchenko. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. It's, uh, yeah, he's, I think he's Russian. And he stated falsely during the interviews that in or about late July 2016, he received an anonymous phone call from an individual who Denchenko believed to be a particular U.S. citizen and who was then president of the Russian-American Chamber of Commerce. Not identified, but that should be pretty easy to identify the person. Denchenko honestly falsely stated that during this phone call that the person he believed to be the chamber president informed him in part about information. The company reports later described as demonstrating a well-developed conspiracy of cooperation between the Trump campaign and the Russian officials. Um, Yeah, he received the info from a Democratic PR executive that he then passed along to Christopher Steele. He then withheld that information from the FBI. He also lied about receiving a phone call from Sergei Milian. Oh, also, um, Danchenko apparently was introduced to Christopher Steele by Fiona Hill. Oh, my goodness. It just gets better and better. I recognize that people who don't listen to talk radio have no idea who all of these people are. You know, people who do listen to talk radio. This is not going to surprise any of us. So, uh, but there's that going on uh, as well. Um, oh, we've got an amicus brief as well that's been filed in the case where the Democrats are trying to disenfranchise millions of North Carolina voters by having uh, judges thrown out of a case saying they can't, they can't uh, preside over the case, thereby assuring Democrats' preferred outcome. That, that case being the voter ID law that we all passed by a landslide. And so Democrats don't like that. They don't want that to be the law. And so they're trying to disenfranchise everybody. Uh, So there's that going on, too. But back to the mask mandate and the audio from last night's county commission meeting, because uh, by golly, I had to sit through it and uh, I'm not going to let all this good audio go to waste. So Mark Jarrell, county commissioner, uh, asks if there's any kind of correlation between vaccination rates or mask mandates or anything else and the decline in the uh the number of cases that we're seeing in mecklenburg county but also in north carolina and by the way this is happening all over the southeast which okay so real quick there was this tweet that charles blow just sent out he's a columnist i think for what like the new york times or something and or washington post and he's got a map up of the United States. And it's got all the county breakouts of all of the COVID cases. And you can see like the whole Southeast is at like 10 or fewer average daily cases per hundred thousand people. Okay. And then you've got the Northeast all along the Canadian border. And then all the way through middle America and West to California. And that's all like turning like dark red and everything. And he's like, I am mystified by how these Southern states have such low rates of COVID when many of their governors haven't followed CDC guidance. <laughs> Somebody please explain this to me. <laughs> oh, And of course, the people in his mentions, they're all like, it's because they're killing everybody. They're all dead. Everyone's dead in the Southeast. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, or uh, it's a simple explanation. Viruses are going to virus. It's what they do. Look, I was just as hopeful as everybody else about the vaccine. And like I said, I'll still take it. If it's a therapeutic, it's like if you it's to me, it's a therapeutic. It's it's just like any other course of treatment that they're like the monoclonal antibodies, which, uh, by the way, also experimental. Right, so all of the people that are like, "I'm not taking that shot; it's experimental." Yeah, well, some of the monoclonal antibodies. Um, and you know, if you want to take these other drugs like the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine, you got doctors that'll prescribe it for you. Um, go for it. I am of the opinion we are practicing battlefield medicine. I have this has been my consistent position from the very beginning of this pandemic. I say try it all. And let people decide what they want to try. And I will rely on the wisdom of the masses. I will. And hopefully we get enough data out of, uh, you know, uh, the people making these decisions and like, oh, wow, look at all the people. They didn't get vaccinated. This is why I said one of the most important metrics to me is how many people are in the ICU that are unvaccinated. Because if... 96% 96% of the people in the ICUs on ventilators that are dying are unvaccinated. To me, that's a pretty strong correlation. That's just me. That if you not get like if you're not getting the shot and you end up getting COVID, chances might be better that you're going to end up in ICU and you're going to be on a ventilator. That's not the case for everybody, it may not be the case for you. You have an immune system, right? So you make your own decisions. You make your own risk assessments. However, to me, that's an important metric, and that's where it is. By the way, it's about ninety-six percent. That, according to the local hospitals, and that's those are the ones that I'm I'm listening to because that's where I live. It's my local jurisdiction. So that's an important metric. Now, the five percent positive metric that they're using to keep everybody masked up. Yeah, no, that's to me, that's not an important metric. Sorry, it's just not. Also, though, the masks, yeah, I'm kind of over them, too. That's what the science says. They're only like 10% effective. Those are the cloth ones, and that's if you wear them properly, which, let's be clear, nobody freaking does, right? All right, more audio from the County Commission meeting up next.